0: You miss Canty and Carlin.
1: This is Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, and on Sirius XM channel 80+. You can see us on ESPN+. Plus. ESPN Radio is presented to you by Progressive Insurance. I'm Amber Wilson. He's Randy Scott. We are filling in for the guys today. You can give us a call. Join the conversation. 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. You can also hit us up on the Dr. Pepper call-in line. Be a part of Canty and Carlin Nation on the Dr. Pepper call-in line. Call us at 888-SAY-ESPN. That's 888-729-3776. ESPN Nation is presented by Dr. Pepper. It ain't college football season without the delicious taste of an ice-cold Dr. Pepper, the one that fans deserve. And it is college football season. It is also NFL season, Randy. And last night, we got the game that I think we'd all been hoping for. I'm just not sure it played out exactly as we expected because we wanted to see Patrick Mahomes, we wanted to see Justin Herbert, we wanted to see a new-look AFC West. Who's going to be the one to unseat the Kansas City Chiefs? And the answer today, so far at least, for this moment in time, Randy, is no one.
2: I've never been so thoroughly proven wrong so quickly in an NFL season. I mean, we're two weeks in, and I was probably the loudest on these airwaves in saying that the Kansas City Chiefs were coming back to the pack, that the Chiefs could miss the playoffs. I mean, I was the guy who was like, Everybody else in the division got better. Everybody else addressed needs. Kansas City lost massive talent. Tyreek Hill's absence on this offense is going to create you know, a, a firestorm of coverage for uh, other you know, opposing defenses to just focus in on Travis Kelsey. You're right. Last night, a very weird game, but the thing that remains the same is the offensive scheme is better than your offensive scheme, and their quarterback is better than your quarterback. And that's saying a lot because I think the absolute world of Justin Herbert – but for Patrick Mahomes to have seven touchdown passes this season to six different receivers, it's going to be a nightmare from like a fantasy football perspective. But from a winning football games perspective and repeating for the seventh straight year as AFC West champions, the Chiefs once again are atop the mountain in that division.
1: Okay. All right. Calm down. I know, man. Because I-, I don't, I don't like being wrong either. And I had the same exact. <laughs> join take me. Take as you. I can't take, I can't join you yet. First of all, we're two games and everybody relax. Second of all, both of these teams started off slow in the first half. And frankly, the chargers, I felt like we're dominating that first half. I understand the chiefs go on. They score 20 unanswered points, but it wasn't perfect from Kansas city. I mean, Yes, Patrick Mahomes is doing Patrick Mahomes things like we expect, and he's doing them with guys that maybe we didn't always expect. However, he did get a little lucky at times. I mean, there were several dropped opportunities there by that Chargers D to pick off Mahomes, especially that one from a drop opportunities, especially that one from Asante Samuel Jr. I mean, I hate that rule. I understand why that rule exists. There was nothing else he could have done. That ground did not help him intercept that ball. That was a beautiful interception. It should have been an interception. That would have been the difference in the ball game. That gets reversed, and the Chiefs go on to win it. And so the narrative today is exactly what you're spewing, Randy, that Randy (laughs) and Amber are wrong. Ramber. And we're not – Ramber is never wrong, Randy. I don't know how to play this game.
2: I don't want to be wrong either, and I appreciate you being our defense mechanism here, our shield. I'll be the soft underbelly of the turtle. You be the shell. That's totally fine. (laughs) But I just, how do you look at it last night and not say, "God, you can't kill this guy"? Talking about Patrick Mahomes, there was every. You're right. They were down double digits in the third quarter at home. Justin Herbert on the verge of becoming the first quarterback to beat Mahomes twice at Arrowhead. No one's done it yet. No, that's how dominant he's been in his division. And it, Herbert couldn't close. The the KC defensive line got to him. That's a great offensive line that the Chargers have. Rashawn Slater at Al. It is. A tough group to get home on Herbert, but not only did they get to him, they touched him up, they made him feel them, and that's going to have lasting impacts down the line here. We don't know how bad the rib injury could be for Herbert, but it looked really bad late, and it allowed Patrick Mahomes that opportunity, just that extra possession to get points on the board, and that's how he's so dangerous.
1: And Herbert wasn't the same after getting injured at all. But if you pull the numbers, I mean, the, the numbers are still remarkable, particularly from Justin Herbert, but from both of these quarterbacks. Patrick Mahomes, 24 of 35, 235 yards, two touchdowns, zero interceptions. But again, a couple should have been interceptions. Herbert, on the other hand, 33 of 48, 334 yards, three touchdowns, one interception still a remarkable performance I mean you said at the beginning of the segment that Patrick Mahomes is definitely the better quarterback I can't go there with you. I, I, I'm i watching Justin Herbert last night, and it's it was true in game one of the season as well. I mean, there are times that Justin Herbert just looks so unbelievably spectacular. So does Patrick mm-hmm. Mahomes, don't get me wrong. I guess maybe I'm just more used to seeing it longer from Patrick Mahomes, but also I feel like Mahomes has such the better coach. And that Kansas City coaching staff wasn't perfect last night. I mean, there was you know a shovel pass to Kelsey that should have never been the call, a screen pass on third and 16, or late in the second quarter when the Chiefs were unable to convert on that third and one I mean it wasn't like a perfect game by that Chiefs coaching staff under Andy Reid but even so that staff is a heck of a lot better than it looks like it might be for the Los Angeles Chargers
2: I look at what the Chargers did offensively you know what no let's look at Herbert and let's look at Mahomes because I'm this, this brings me no joy, Amber. I mean, the folks are still getting to know us as, as sort of, you know, rotational fill-ins for the guys here on Canty and Carlin. I and mean, we've got our own thing going on Saturday afternoons leading up to college football. Yeah,
1: shameless plug, 10 to 12. Just uh, saying. Tune in tomorrow, just college tailgate. Amber sh- Wilson, Randy Scott.
2: Yeah, is making sure right people know, Radio. you know, that Rambo rides again, right? 10 a.m. Eastern, <laughs> ESPN Radio. But so I'm, I'm a Raiders fan, and we're going to have Jason Fitz later in this show, and we're just going to geek out for a little bit, and you're going to roll your eyes. Deservedly so, uh, Amber. But, like... I don't want to say that Patrick Mahomes and Justin Herbert are in a two-horse race for dominance in this division for the next decade, but that's, that's where we are. Just look, Amber, if you would, for a second at the offensive weaponry that Justin Herbert has to work with compared to what Patrick Mahomes has to work with. Like receiver wise. Herbert has Mike Williams. He has Keenan Allen. He has Josh Palmer is a is a dude. Josh Palmer, like national audience, what a lot of people have been have been sort of rumbling about since training camp. Josh Palmer comes in there, he's productive, scores the late touchdown, really makes this thing a tight ballgame. Austin Eckler's a far more versatile, I would say consistent running back than Clyde Edwards Alaire, although C E H is off to a good start to this season. But Mahomes is beating Herbert with maybe not a full hand tied behind his back, but maybe three, four fingers. I mean, it's he what he was able to do to slither out, extend plays, throw touchdown passes to Jarek McKinnon. McKinnon's on his fourth NFL team. You know, I mean, this Mahomes is the constant. I'll, I'll give credit to the quarterback. I'll give credit to the scheme as well because, as you said, the coaching staffs were a little disparate last night, and I feel like Kansas City had this been there, done that. Confidence about them. I mean, Brandon Staley's punting on fourth and short from the go zone, right? From, Mm -hmm. from, from you know the inside the or rather outside the forty yard line, but still, that is where the metrics and a guy in Staley who is married to the analytics. That's where it says go for it, and he wouldn't do it. So I don't know, scheme or quarterback, but the Chiefs had the advantage last night.
1: Brandon Staley is a hard one for me to figure out. I mean, they bring him in to be this innovative coach, right? To be this young first-time head coach. And so there's going to be a learning curve in that process. But you are brought in to take those chances. And then we saw time and time again last season where he takes the chances on fourth down because he is so committed, I guess, to the numbers and the analytics. And then a lot of people say, well, Staley's being reckless, right? He's putting his team in a reckless situation. And it feels a little bit like, with Brandon Staley. Is there winning there though? Like if you're Staley because the narrative has shifted like you just said, now he should have gone for it. And I I don't know if this criticism around Brandon Staley is going away right now because it does feel like this Chargers team is so good and so complete and defensively as well, Randy. I mean, you saw it last night. They were pressuring Mahomes a lot. And of course, when you have Khalil Mack and Joey Bosa, that's what's going to end up happening. And Mahomes flat out missed a couple throws last night. I mean, there were times that he was out of sorts because of that pressure Pressure. This Chargers team is a complete team. It seems like that coaching staff that has been the question mark and now remains the question mark even more so now that we have all those weapons in place.
2: Yeah, he's a he's a young quarterback. I, I've appreciated his uh, man I, it, energy, uh, his message. He is very much on message with the media at the at the podium. He's a guy that I think this new age of player. Is not only going to want to play for, but but really thrive under. Um, and, and kudos to Andy Reid, really, for being around the game for as long as he has been to continue to be that guy. You know what I mean? Like I, I, Brandon Staley, in an honest moment, probably looks across that sideline and says, "If I could have that career, if I could have that longevity and that ability to impact a football game and have my fingerprints on the game of football for that long, that's what he wants." The problem is Andy Reid's not going anywhere. The the the, the wrinkles offensively that Kansas City have been able to introduce, and Patrick Mahomes is the reason, I mean, when you have 15 under center or back of center, he is the constant, he's the way that you're able to explore this life beyond Tyree Hill. I mean, it, there is speed still on offense. Uh, Sky Moore is fast. Uh, certainly, you know, Michael Hardman is a burner. There is no other Tyree Hill in the National Football League, and the, the ability for them to create space for Travis Kelsey, to create opportunities for Juju Smith-Schuster, I mean, you know, we're, <laughs> we're, 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 we're talking about a wide receiver core that was not even the best one on their own field last night, but out scheming, taking the right risks. All right. This is granular, you know, roll your eyes radio here for a second, but we're at fourth and two, a pair of fourth and twos where the chargers at with nine minutes to go in the second quarter from the Kansas city, 47, and then later fourth and two with a minute to go in the second quarter from the Kansas city, 48, they punt both times if you even get 3 points each way on that, it's a different game. And it puts a different level of pressure on Kansas City in the second half. And it was, there was a there was a level of conservatism, I don't I don't want to call it fear, but a different mentality in crunch moments for Los Angeles last night that just came back to bite them.
1: So it was strange because he certainly didn't have that penchant last season right. when maybe he took too many opportunities in terms of gambling on fourth down. Here was Brandon Staley, the Chargers head coach, on his conservative fourth down play calling last night.
3: Yeah, I just wanted to give our, our defense a chance to compete. I really love the way we were playing. Um, I felt like that was the formula to flip the field there. Um, you know, I felt like we were aggressive when we needed to be tonight. Um, you know, we converted all four of our fourth downs, but just felt like, you know, with who's over there um, and the way our defense was playing, uh, I felt like the field position would be a big edge for our defense to be able to pin them back there. And, um, you know, I, I like the way our defense competed tonight.
1: More criticism surrounding Brandon Staley for a different reason uh, now coming off of this game, but sort of the same old thing. Chris Carlin, he, of course, typically hosts this show, Canty and Carlin, right here on ESPN Radio. He was on Greeny earlier today, filling in for Mike Greenberg. He talked about how Staley seems to have no feel for however the game is going.
0: This is a bigger problem for LA because Brandon Staley has absolutely no feel for the game. Mm. Has absolutely no feel for the game. We're we're talking yesterday, wondering, at least I am, if he's going to be overly aggressive in some spots and and just frankly double down on some of the, the analytics that are involved in this and going for it in places that he shouldn't. And then last night... There are three opportunities in the first half to go for it in fourth and two at the 18, fourth and two twice at midfield. He does it in none of them, and one of them settles for a field goal, and then later in the game, his quarterback is hurting. His franchise quarterback is hurting in the worst way, and he left him in there.
1: So I think we can all agree that at least coming off of this game last night, the better coaching staff remains for the time in Kansas City. But is it possible that we are underappreciating that quarterback in Kansas City, Patrick Mahomes. Can you underappreciate Patrick Mahomes? That's next. We're going to discuss that in just a moment after. Randy has this word from Disney Plus.
2: Yeah, Disney Plus, Amber. Disney Plus is back in action with exciting new premieres like Disney's Pinocchio, Pixar's Cars on the Road, Marvel's Thor, Love and Thunder, Star Wars's Obi-Wan Kenobi, A Jedi's Return, National Geographic's Epic Adventures of Bertie Gregory, and a new short from The Simpsons. Welcome to the Club. Plus, new episodes and specials like Marvel's She-Hulk, Attorney at Law, and Dancing with the Stars, the pros' most memorable dances. And this month only, get one month of Disney Plus for just $1.99. Offer available now until September 19th, and then $7.99 a month. All these and more, now streaming six 98 yards, the rookie, Jalen Watson. Defense kept us in the game Engines give us a chance to see that this early in the season. I think that's going to carry us the rest of the way.
1: Patrick Mahomes did get a little help from Jalen Watson, the rook, on a pick six last night to beat the Los Angeles Chargers. And it wasn't a totally flawless performance. I mentioned that he was pressured at times. There were the occasional, the rare, poor decision-making by Patrick Mahomes. It almost cost him at one point with a near interception from Asante Samuel. But at the end, his week one performance was built on in week two. 24 of 35, 235 yards, two touchdowns, zero interceptions. Randy, is it possible to underappreciate Patrick Mahomes at this point?
2: I think it is, but not for too much longer. And I mean this season because, again, not to – okay, you don't want to say that we were wrong. I'll say that I was perhaps misguided in my thinking here. All right? Uh, I looked at this. I <laughs> see you. I looked at this, and I thought, okay, we're going to get our answer. Was it Tyreek Hill this whole time, or was it Patrick Mahomes? And I don't think it was Tyreek Hill. Uh, <laughs> it's. I think I. I, I look at this. And I look at what Patrick Mahomes has continued to do, and he's always been a hot starter, hot out of the gate to start a season. His September numbers are historic. Comes back to the pack a little bit as the season goes on. But to do this without the guy who has created so many opportunities offensively for other receiving options, you look at the tighter windows that Mahomes has to throw into. The book on him last year was don't rush him, was drop back in coverage, take away his first read. That's what Cincinnati was able to do in the postseason. Take away his first read, force him to dance around a little bit, and if you can get home eventually with one of your front four, that's how you beat Patrick Mahomes, and that's that's how the, the, the Bengals were able to do it. That book has to be rewritten now. It, it, that book has to be rethought out, replanned, restudied, and it's going to take most of this season to do it. So... I do think it's possible to undervalue Mahomes because the expectations were lowered coming in. I'm not the only one. I can raise my hand if you want, Amber. Uh, But I'm not the only one who thought, okay, Kansas City, maybe second, maybe third in this division this year. And now they're, once again, just two weeks in. They have a crucial head-to-head divisional win under their belts right now with the other team that, in my opinion, is going to vie for this title.
1: They do, but... This could have been a long. I mean, if Assante, if that call doesn't get overturned with the interception, this is an entirely different conversation, right? So I'm still not willing yet to yeah. say he doesn't miss Tyreek Hill. At all whatsoever. Now, I will admit this much. And yes, of course, the Dolphins fan in me, I'm sure this is clouding my judgment a little bit with this evaluation because I so badly want it, at least in part, to be Tyreek Hill. I don't want the greatness of Patrick Mahomes to be wholly reliant on Tyreek Hill. I never thought it was that sort of relationship. I just thought, hey, he might miss that guy a little bit, right? That elite, elite speed. But I will say I have been so impressed by the way that he can elevate the talent around him because I think the reality is, like you keep saying, that wide receiver room, isn't nearly as good as it was with Tyreek Hill in it. Like, it's just not. It has taken a step back. The thing is, the guy still throwing the football is still just as good as ever. So, yes, Patrick Mahomes probably has squarely put himself in the conversation. But frankly, Randy, I think he was already in it where we have that top, top, top tier of the most elite quarterbacks in the league that can do it with essentially anybody that can raise the talent around them. Like we saw Tom Brady do it year in and year out when he was in new England, most quarterbacks in the league, even if they're pretty good quarterbacks in the league need the right talent around them, right? That's most quarterbacks. Patrick Mahomes, he's in that top top elite tier where you can kind of put most anybody around him, and he's still going to at least look mostly like Patrick Mahomes.
2: I think from a quarterback's perspective, you want to have your 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 binky, right? Like you want to have your safety valve, you want to have your, you know, uh, your security blanket, and it's still Travis Kelsey. But I think you want it to be X Y or Z in the wideout you know tree. Like you you want it to be a wide receiver, and that's gone. And I say that to sort of put a little bit of a wet blanket on the fact that last night there were eight different receivers who caught two or more passes from Patrick Mahomes. And that's not sustainable moving forward. And that's a good secondary. I mean, that's, that is an, an improved secondary for Los Angeles. I know J.C. Jackson got turned around on, on one of those big plays to Justin Watson, and Watson was a nice revelation. Matter of fact, if you had the last name Watson – in a Chiefs uniform last night, you had a 100% chance of scoring a touchdown. Did you know that? True Little fun story. Fact. That, I did know that, actually. Well, the story with Watson, the cornerback, is amazing. Like, he was working at Wendy's. Justin or Jalen? Jalen was Jaylen. working Jaylen was working at Wendy's three years ago Wow. with his mom. His mom was a manager at Wendy's. He had academic issues at USC, had to move back home to Augusta, Georgia, working fast food, got to pay some bills, got his grades right, got eligible. Washington State took him on, straight A's at Wazoo, and he's a seventh-round draft pick the first round draft pick at the University of Washington got hurt. That forces Watson onto the field last night. Pick six proved to be the difference. I mean, it's right. The Disney movie now, Um, but for, for, for Mahomes offensively, you have to be able to have guys that are your outlets. And I'm a little bit concerned. I'll say that I'm a little bit concerned at a guy like Juju Smith Schuster, three grabs, 10 yards after a quiet debut as well. You know, I mean, that's after a quiet week one, I should say. So, at some point, someone will have to emerge as a wide receiver one almost by, by default. Haven't seen it yet because you just can't expect Mahomes to be this efficient and to spread it around like this through 17 games.
1: Well, and right now he's still figuring it out, right? Maybe he's still figuring out who that guy is going to be. But the reality yeah. is this offense still runs through Travis Kelsey, and he's still there regardless of wherever yeah. Tyreek Hill is. Coming up next here on Canteen, Carlin, Amber Wilson, and Randy Scott filling in for the guys. How patient will Aaron Rodgers be with his current wide receiver situation? Speaking of receiver rooms, we'll ask Jeremy Fowler that and plenty more around the NFL next. This is Canteen Garland, ESPN Radio, and of course, on the ESPN
0: app. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle
1: must be 21 plus and present in select states gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER terms and conditions apply see app for details
0: did you miss Canty and Carlin the
1: Chiefs is still the king of the AFC West, at least for now. This is Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio. Amber Wilson and Randy Scott filling in for the guys. You can tweet to him at Randy Scott ESPN. You can tweet to me at Amber W Sports. So for all things NFL and some reaction to last night's game, let's bring in Jeremy Fowler, ESPN NFL senior reporter. And Jeremy, let's start with just your general reaction to that game last night as the Chiefs defeated the Chargers, but it was a close one.
3: Yeah, certainly it was a great game. You know, the Chargers to me probably have the better overall roster. I think part of the reason why you saw Brandon Staley not go for the fourth downs like he did last year is because he trusts his defense. Like they're pretty loaded up on that side of the ball, and uh, you know the the interception reversal of Asante Samuel Junior's play, I, I thought was criminal. I, I I thought he had full possession of the ball. I really couldn't believe that that was overturned. Um, the sensitivity now to the Control of the ball and did the ball move an inch while it maybe hit the ground? Uh, I I just think it's gotten out of hand. But great game, Herbert. We're waiting on uh, you know the rib situation. Um, team's going to evaluate him today, but they just got back uh, like at three or four a.m. Uh, Eastern time back into into Los Angeles. So uh, not a lot of movement yet. You know everybody's sleeping over there.
2: I'm, I am I raised my hand and I I fall on the fact that I thought Jeremy uh, Kansas City was going to come way back to the pack, not only in the AFC West but. But, but in that AFC side of, uh, side of the National Football League. And it looks like Patrick yep. Mahomes took that personally. You know, I mean, it looks like he yep. took some of the comments from Tyreek Hill and about Tyreek Hill's absence, uh, took him to heart. Seven touchdowns through two games. Just curious what you're hearing around the league about how it is viewing what Mahomes has been able to do now in these first two games without Tyreek Hill.
3: Yeah, know every good quarterback needs their spite season. You know, Aaron Rodgers had a spite <laughs> season a couple of years ago when they drafted Jordan Love. He had a reason to be angry, and he played like it. And uh, I think Mahomes will have something similar this year. You know, you heard the whispers about whether he's going to fall off. Or, you know, last year they struggled at times moving the ball. Um, so, you know, you're going to see him coming out hot. And, you know, it's like there were times last night where they probably missed a Gali like Tyreek Hill. Um, but it's an equal opportunity offense now. You know, they have five or six legitimate weapons, so they can spread the ball around too. And you know most most people around the league I talk to think that he'll be somewhere in the mix for the MVP conversation. You know he might not win it, but uh, he's going to make it interesting uh, just because his level of play and that you know the Chiefs are are pretty balanced on both sides of the ball.
1: Jeremy, Jeremy Fowler joining us, ESPN NFL senior reporter. Jeremy, you mentioned there Brandon Staley not going for it on fourth. It seems like last season we heard all season that he gambled too much on fourth down. Now we're hearing he's too conservative. Does it feel like Brandon Staley is coaching under a microscope?
3: Uh, for sure. I mean, you, you combine some of the fourth down stuff with uh, just the fact that the Chargers have one of the brightest young quarterbacks and very high expectations now because you can see the talent on both sides of the ball. Um, so, you know, any young coach that's going to uh, put a little pressure on, but that's that's external pressure. Um, you know, I, I know that L.A. is very high on him, and uh, they believe he's going to get the job done, you know. So, um, you know, certainly it's a year where anything can happen in the AFC West. The Chargers are one of four very talented teams in that division, um, so it could go a 100 different ways.
2: Let's talk about another quarterback as we have our uh, ESPN NFL reporter, our senior NFL reporter, Jeremy Fowler with us, Aaron Rodgers. How do I, how do I put this? You could go so many different ways. He was vocal about some of his frustrations or at least his um, uh, patience level for growing pains with his new wide receiver core, his young wide receiver core. And then right out of the gate, he targets Christian Watson would have gone for a long touchdown. Could have been the start to a beautiful relationship and it goes yeah. right right off of his hands. How patient is he going to be now that they're not only 0 1 <laughs> to start the season, but 0 1 in that division to a Vikings team that has its number one in Justin Jefferson and put him on full display in week one?
3: Yeah, Randy, Aaron Rodgers gave us that answer in the preseason when he was talking about how his receivers weren't quite ready or weren't getting it done. You know, like, it's, I think the patience is on zero. And, uh, we we're seeing that. So, you know, he, he knows that the urgency is there for them to get up to speed. Um, I still think one of those draft picks is going to work out and become a major player because you, you drafted a second, a third, and a fourth round pick for wide receiver in the last two drafts. Um, usually, based on the hit rate of that position, you can get a day two or an early day three, three draft pick that will become a 1,000-yard you know, receiver. Like, that's usually what happens now. And so I got to think Green Bay, they're, they have a great scouting staff, but one of those guys will become a star. So it's just, it's just not happening yet. So I think early on in the season, they got to get the offensive line healthy. You know, David Bakhtiari, Elkin Jenkins, like those guys should be coming back here, if not this week, the next. And you're going to run the ball with A.J. Dillon, and, and it's going to be a lot of Aaron Jones, um, just until you get those guys comfortable. And then Alan Lazard back is huge. I mean, he, he's the one guy – Yeah, he should play this week. He's the one guy who's that security blanket for Aaron Rodgers.
1: Jeremy Fowler joining us here on Canteen. Carlin, Amber Wilson and Randy Scott filling in for the guys. All right, Jeremy, what can you tell us about Kayvon Thibodeau? Is he going to make his debut for the Giants this Sunday?
3: Yeah, Amber, he's listed as doubtful, which surprised me a little bit only because he was talking this week about feeling ready to play. I think he was pushing to play, um, but cooler hits prevailed. You know, the Giants figured let's give him another week. He was he didn't practice in full today. He was kind of working up to the side. So um that makes sense. They're just they're short handed at pass rush because Aziz Ajulari is out too you know, a second round pick from two years ago. So if they're gonna win, it's gonna be a lot of Saquon, it's gonna be a lot of ball control and, and try to grind out, you know, win twenty one to twenty like they did against Tennessee.
2: Jeremy, looking at this rivalry matchup here, this Saints and, uh, and Buccaneers game, where Tom Brady's zero four since coming to the NFC South against New Orleans, and now he's got to go to New Orleans. How banged up are the Bucs, though? Like Brady, Brady's receiving core, uh, who's he going to have? Yep. What, what, what's the latest you're hearing there?
3: So I suspect he'll have mo- he'll still have most of his options. Chris Godwin will most likely be out. Uh, Mike Evans, I'm hearing good things about. I think he'll play on the calf injury. Julio Jones is always a bit of a wild card because of his injury history. Um, I haven't heard major concern about that knee injury, so I think it's minor. I do expect he'll try to play. Um, and then Russell Gage should be good. So, they're, you know, they're in pretty good shape. Uh, and, they, I, geez, I didn't realize they are owned 4 um i thought they won one of those <laughs> i yep. picked the saints this week and now i'm thinking <laughs> i don't know it's well, hard to say tom brady's gonna go oh and five
2: they won the playoff game so they won the one that matters <laughs> yeah <laughs> they, for sure
1: they won one that mattered most espn nfl senior reporter jeremy fowler jeremy thanks for stopping by
3: hey thanks amber thanks randy take care
1: Canty and Carlin's presented by Progressive Insurance. Looking for a career path with flexibility and great pay and benefits? Who isn't? Go to Progressive.com slash careers and apply online today. Bundle today at Progressive.com. Coming up next, the Cowboys are looking to avoid their first 0-2 start since 2010. They'll have to beat Joe Burrow and the Bengals, and they're going to have to do it without Dak. We'll get into it. This is Canty and Carlin, Amber Wilson and Randy Scott filling in for the guys.
0: You miss Canty and Carlin.
1: This is Canty and Carlin, Amber Wilson and Randy Scott filling in for the guys today. And Randy, something kind of crazy was said on our morning show. Keyshawn, J. Will and Max. Brandon Jacobs, of course, the two-time Super Bowl champion, former Giants running back, was on KJM. And he, with a serious face, said... What he thinks the Giants can do this season? Take a listen to this.
3: I feel like the Giants can win twelve games, the, you know, this year. I mean, I do. I feel like that. I think the defense is playing phenomenal, especially against the run. Uh, so you're saying they can you know, contend for the
0: division, pretty much.
3: Absolutely, we can win the division. I mean, we got Philly out, which I'm not overly impressed with the Philadelphia Eagles, the Dallas Cowboys, all the Dallas Cowboys, and who knows about the Commanders? Like, we really don't know, right?
2: Like,
3: okay
1: all right well I mean okay. first of all it, it, Brandon Jacobs like go, standing up for his guys I get so of course that's part yeah. of this but 12 games and winning the division Randy for this New York Giants team I guess he's all in on uh, Daniel Jones as the option
2: I is he more in on on Saquon being back back because if, w- if Barkley's back back then then it's a 500 football team it's a, 500 right, right yes. around that but not Fine. a 12 Amber, not a 12 game winner, right? I mean, come on.
1: I have a hard time with it. I, I have a hard time, though, believing what I saw from Saquon in week one, right? Because I was one that just didn't believe that Saquon could be back. I think I also just have a hard time ever believing at that position that yeah. you can just come back. Like I, I I write you off at that position. And I have a hard time believing what I saw, but I did see it. I, I understand mm-hmm. it was a good week one performance. If he's back, sure. It's helpful. They can beat a lowly (laughs) Titans team. Great. I mean, I, I just don't see twelve wins even with Saquon back.
2: Okay, let's make that. Let's make this a positive, like a pros cons list. Okay, pros defensively, they held Derrick Henry, the most dangerous pure offensive running force in football, to eighty two yards on twenty one carries. That's legit.
1: That, is it legit, or that, is Derrick Henry, you know, the injured Derrick Henry that we saw last season? Like, is he going to end up having problems at that position? I th- is that legit? Mm. Is he still elite? Is Derrick Henry back?
2: Are the are the Titans still elite? You can go the college route and go like quality of win, but if you're a Giants fan, you just want that win. And it was Diana Rossini, who's been around this building a ton in her career. She goes, she tweeted this out yesterday. Just left the New York Giants locker room. One game is one game, but boy, there is a different feeling and buzz. Around the building in East Rutherford, New Jersey. That's all well and good. Philadelphia has a better roster. Philadelphia has a better quarterback. For all we know, Philadelphia has a better coaching staff. And that's enough. That's enough to keep the Giants from winning 12 games.
1: Another weekend filled with football is upon us. This is Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio. ESPN Radio is presented to you by Progressive Insurance. Amber Wilson, Randy Scott, hanging out with you. You can tweet to him at Randy Scott ESPN. You can get at me at Amber W Sports. You can also hit us up. On the Dr. Pepper call-in line, 888-AESPN, 888-729-3776. So let's get into some of these games here on Sunday, Randy. And let's start with one that could get real, real ugly. uh, That's going to take place in Dallas. And that's the side of things that maybe will be a little ugly. Because obviously, Dak Prescott will not be at the helm for those Dallas Cowboys. The Bengals will be coming to town. That is a 425 p.m. kickoff on Sunday I mean do the Cowboys have a shot here without Dak do we still believe in them to any semblance or is this just a waiting game to find out when he can return now
2: we they have a shot they have a shot they have the defensive disruptors up front to maybe not carbon copy uh, exactly what Pittsburgh was able to do in its week one win over Cincinnati but at least through one game that Cincinnati offensive offensive line was not the improved side of the of of uh of things for the AFC champs that we thought or the, that people expected them to be and it's only one game so it's you know it's fine i'd rather be Cincinnati in this matchup obviously i'd rather be 0 1 and have Joe Burrow a guy who willed them back into that game last week than whatever Cooper Rush is going to bring for the Cowboys and hardcore cowboy fan amber is going to say hey wait a minute you know, last year he got one start against Minnesota, beat them, looked good in doing it. But the touchdown passes he threw to Amari Cooper and Cedric Wilson, those guys, Cedric Wilson, not on the team anymore. So C.D. Lamb expressed frustration at the coverage that he got, the attention that he got as the number one wideout. And if honestly, if Tampa Bay what was did he able,
1: expect by the way, I don't mean to cut you off. But no, like... but. What did he expect was going to happen? Of course he's going to get yeah. that attention. We all knew he was the- If you and I knew he was the number one, of course everybody game planning for him knew that he was the number one. Obviously yeah. you're going to get all the attention.
2: Not something that, I'm just saying it's not something that gets better with a backup quarterback. That right. that's all. I mean if if the ball doesn't find you as CD as CD Lamb, like a true number one wide receiver in the National Football League, if the ball doesn't find you with Dak throwing to you, what makes you think Cooper Rush is going to be able to get it to you? So I mean, yeah, it has, a, it has a real chance to get ugly. I think Cincinnati, there is a sneaky amount of pressure on them to show that the offensive line is better, to show that they can run the football and make you respect both sides of that offensive part of what they bring to the table, and not just put it in Joe Burrow's hands to put the ball in the air 50 times, turn the ball over a couple of times, tips and overthrows, but bail you out with four touchdown passes. They need a more balanced attack, and they need to demonstrate they can do it, and I think Dallas is the right thing. You know, op, right opponent for them to be able to, uh, to flex and, and and lick some wounds based off of what Pittsburgh did to them in week one.
1: The Cowboys are looking to avoid their first 0-2 start since 2010. Now, it's going to be hard to do because, like you said, Cooper Rush, not Dak Prescott. If it makes you feel any better, Cowboys fans, just think of Cooper Rush's start. His career start in place of Dak last season where he lifted the Cowboys over the Minnesota Vikings with that touchdown pass. It was the final minute of the game, so you knew you know Cooper Rush can essentially get that done. I just think that with this Bengals team, it was a confusing week one. It felt like to me, Randy, that this was a Bengals team that didn't have the preseason together, and, and it mattered. And Joe Burrow comes out and he throws, you know, what it was four or five, you know, they have four or five turnovers in that game. He's throwing interceptions. I mean, they just look so disjointed that O-line that we spent so much time talking about how this Cincinnati team finds itself in a Super Bowl when Joe Burrow spends half the season on his back. How much better is it going to look this season? And then frankly, it didn't look that much better in week one. I have to imagine some of those kinks will be worked out in week two. And yet this is still in Dallas. This is obviously a Dallas team. Team that you said defensively can still certainly be a force. Yes, there's a backup quarterback on that offense. It's not like this team doesn't have any weapons at all. But I think that this comes down to more of an evaluation of the Bengals because the Bengals should win this game now that Dak is not available to this Cowboys team. I think can the Bengals clean it up, though, is a viable question. And how many mistakes is the Cincinnati team going to make? Because there was a whole lot of them in week one.
2: Yeah, Bengals, will. The, there is far more pressure on Cincinnati in this game. Joe Burrow cannot turn the football over five times. Uh, four interceptions, one fumble. He put another ball on the ground. Cincinnati was just able to recover it. If you're looking for you know, silver lining, um, you're going you're gonna to point to the fact that they shut down Najee Harris, who's one of the best running backs in the game, that they made life pretty miserable with their defensive front on Pittsburgh. And let's be honest, this Dallas offensive line is, is not the one of uh, vaunted reputation a few years ago. Zeke Elliott is not the same running back. The offensive line is not the same. So maybe you can, as a defense in this, let's let's zag a little bit, Amber. Uh, maybe, maybe as a defense, that's the story. Maybe Cincinnati is able to impose its will defensively and then give extra possessions, shorter fields to its own offense and sort of... Yeah, you know, sort of get fat, right? Sort of get fat on some low hanging fruit here against the Cowboys.
1: Well, Micah Parsons said it. I mean, they've been in this situation before. It wasn't with Dak, but they certainly suffered major injuries last year, and a lot of that onus got put on the defense to step up. A lot of people think Micah Parsons is going to be, you know, a defensive player of the year this year, right? Like the sky's the limit then for this Cowboys defense. The responsibility is going to be on this Cowboys defense now to get things done and to be the bright spot for this team. And we'll see if they can do it. They've got the pieces to do it, but we'll see if they can do it. So this is going to be an interesting game, even though I think a lot of people might be overlooking this one because obviously no Dak Prescott for the Dallas Cowboys. The second that injury happened, it kind of felt like Dallas' season was over. Maybe it's not over quite yet. Speaking of over, lots of college football to discuss. We will get into it now next when Jason Fitz joins Canty and Carlin.
0: Check out Canty and Carlin, weekdays on ESPN Radio and on ESPN+.